Lord Jesus, you are that promised Messiah who has come for us as our King. Help us this day and every day to welcome you into our hearts and lives. In your name we pray. Amen. A blessed Palm Sunday to all of you. Grace and peace from the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we are concluding our current sermon series entitled Son of God. We've been examining the life of Jesus and the impact of his ministry. What it means, for example, that he called himself the Son of Man who identified with us as our Savior. We talked about what it means that he's the sinner's friend, that in love and compassion for broken people, he came and gave his life for the likes of you and me. And last week, we talked about how Jesus was the anointed one, indeed, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Today's focus is on Jesus as the coming king. And I invite you to take a look at a film clip uh, from the movie Son of God, which depicts Jesus entering Jerusalem on that very first Palm Sunday. We set out for Jerusalem. Thousands were heading there for the festival of Passover. just entered the city on a donkey. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, humble and riding on a donkey. Where's he headed? Towards the temple. He must not interfere with Passover. God will bring his wrath down upon all of us and who knows what Pilate will do if the crowds run out of control? Nicodemus, go with Malchus. If he enters the temple, watch him. Do not blink. Go. Barabbas, Messiah, King of Israel, 
Why don't you make us free? Save us from the Romans, Lord! We come in peace, Barabbas. strike us as a bit odd that Jesus would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. But this was in direct fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy as we heard in that first reading for today from the prophet Zechariah chapter 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey on a colt, the foal of a donkey. By doing so, Jesus was making, making it clear exactly who he was, that he himself was the promised Messiah of Israel, the Savior of the world. But obviously, as it was depicted in the movie, as we read in the gospel lessons, it was a mixed crowd that day that Jesus entered the city. Some indeed welcomed him, some hailed him and praised him, but some certainly did not. Some shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Others remained skeptical. And some, especially the religious leaders, were hostile to him and threatened by him. John, when he wrote his gospel, said that this indeed was the experience of Jesus. He said in John 1, He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, the residents of the northern region of Galilee, the ones who had spent time with Jesus and had seen him do great miracles, healing the blind and the lame and raising the dead back to life, they were the ones who hailed him as blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, as the Messiah, even though they may not have fully understand the extent of the Messiah's mission. At this point, they certainly would, have, would not have fully understood that he was going to a cross. But nevertheless, they praised him. Some, like it was depicted in the movie, wanted to use Jesus as a political uh, a kingpin to usher in as a physical, political messiah to throw the Romans out of the city. That certainly was Barabbas's intent. And the religious leaders saw him as a threat, a false messiah. They despised him, and they plotted against him. The question to start off this morning today is, what do you think of Jesus? Jesus rides into the city for you and me as well. As you ponder the question, what do you think of Jesus?, Consider his purpose for coming to Jerusalem in the first place. Better yet, 
Consider his purpose for even coming into this world, born as a baby in Bethlehem. The reason he came, of course, was surrounding the events that would take place on Friday of that week and events that would center on a cross. Jesus came precisely not to be a political Messiah, but to be the kind of suffering Messiah Isaiah spoke of, to be the kind of Messiah who would give his life, who would be stricken, smitten, and afflicted on a cross, taking the punishment you and I deserve for our sins. That's the kind of Messiah he came to be. He came to die for all, but not all welcomed him. Jesus came to die for you, friend. Do you welcome his arrival? A very basic biblical truth is that Jesus will rule as king in hearts where he is welcome. He will rule as king in hearts of people who welcome him. As he himself said earlier in his ministry in Luke 17, the kingdom of God is within you. Where does God rule? Well, by his power he rules the universe, but by his grace he rules in the hearts and lives of people. Is Jesus welcome in your heart? Is he welcome there? You see, our greatest joy that we could possibly experience is to have this assurance that because Jesus Christ died in my place, my sins are forgiven and I know I'm on my way to heaven. To believe and have that full assurance for all eternity that I will spend with him in heaven. There could be no greater joy. Is that your greatest joy? Is Jesus welcome in your heart? Well, if Jesus is welcome in your heart, and I dare say for most of you, he's been there for many years. And if you do believe in him as your savior, and if you are a follower of Jesus, then the Palm Sunday story has some lessons for you and me about how we are to live our lives as followers of Jesus. Our mission statement here at Shepherd of the Desert is leading people to follow Jesus. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Well, from the Palm Sunday story we're looking at today, three insights. Number one, do what Jesus says. People who are followers of Jesus do what he says. We get an example of that already here in the Palm Sunday story from Luke 19. The first few verses tell us that as Jesus approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and as you enter it you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell him, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. Now I dare say, if any of us would have been in those two guys' sandals, we, like they probably did, would have been asking a few questions. Uh, Lord, are you sure about this? I mean, we're just going to walk up to this guy and say, hey, we're taking your colt. Uh, isn't he going to get a little angry at us? 
Are you sure this is uh, what really makes sense, Lord? Uh, We might have mm, hesitated a bit to obey what Jesus had instructed us to do. He gave them those special instructions, and even though it didn't really make sense at the time, they obeyed. They did what Jesus told them to do. Let me ask you, what is Jesus calling you to do? I'm pretty sure your obedience won't involve a donkey, fair to say. But is he perhaps telling you to do something else? Is he telling you to forgive someone who's hurt you? Maybe a long-standing bitterness that you've held on to for many years? Is it time to let that go? Is it time to help someone who needs help? Is he instructing you to give something up that you've been holding on to that you really don't need anymore? Is he telling you to take something on, something new? Is he asking you to say yes to something? Is he telling you to say no to something? Whatever it is, like those two disciples of long ago, your obedience also will give glory to God. If we are followers of Jesus, we are first of all to do what Jesus says. But secondly, as followers of Jesus, we're to feel what Jesus feels. Let's look at the next part of the story where we see a rather interesting insight. It says, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you And hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Something happened on that ride toward Jerusalem that's rather easy for us to miss. In fact, I'm guessing that even the crowds that day probably missed it. And Luke is the only of the four gospel writers that even mentions it. Verse 41, as Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. He wept over it. If you were to go to Jerusalem today, to the Mount of Olives, this is what it looks like today. The Mount of Olives is on the east And then there's a a, a Kidron Valley below to the west. And then across the Kidron Valley to the west is the city of Jerusalem. And if you were at uh, the Mount of Olives on Palm Sunday today, you might see a scene something like this next picture. Various Christians from around the world who gather to come down the Mount of Olives carrying palm branches toward the city of Jerusalem. But as you're standing on the side of the Mount of Olives looking west, this is what you would see today. City of Jerusalem with the Temple Mount area. Of course, the temple is no longer there. And where the temple used to stand is an Islamic mosque. Jesus was coming down the side of the Mount of Olives. And there before him lay the glorious city 
of Jerusalem, the city of the prophets, the city of the kings. There on the hillside of that mountain today, by the way, there is a tiny little chapel with a tear-shaped dome that commemorates the moment that Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem. In fact, the word that's used for wept is not some simple little word for a few tears. It's the word for sobbing. He sobbed over the city of Jerusalem. Why? He was not weeping for himself. He was not weeping for the suffering and dying that he was going to do. He was weeping over what was going to come to that city in about 40 years. And it happened in 70 A.D. When Titus, the Roman general, brought his armies to the city of Jerusalem, built an embankment around it, completely destroyed the city, burned down the temple, and slaughtered people left and right. Jesus feels for the people of the city of Jerusalem as he approaches it, and he weeps for it. He weeps with compassion for the lost sheep of Israel who failed to recognize who he is. He weeps for those who will spend an eternity apart from his heavenly Father. Do we feel what Jesus feels? Are our hearts broken for the things that break his heart? Let me ask you, whom do you know that needs to know Jesus? Whom do you know who is hurting or confused about Jesus or wandering and searching for something and not really finding the right answers? Whom do you know who needs a compassionate outreach of care and love? A neighbor, a colleague, a family member, a close friend? someone who's living their life without a sense of real joy and purpose? Do you feel what Jesus feels for the lost sheep of Israel and the lost Gentiles of this world? Well, friends, as we feel for the needs of others the way Jesus does, that will bring us to the third thing. It will move us to tell others exactly who Jesus is. Let's look at the conclusion of the Palm Sunday story now as it appears in Matthew's account. We're going to shift over to Matthew chapter 21 where he tells us when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. The crowd of pilgrims who had followed Jesus down from the north from Galilee, who were the ones who were singing hosannas to him, they're the ones who speak up. When people ask, who is this? They tell the people, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. They may not have fully understood everything about who Jesus was, but you and I know so much more, don't we? Are we willing to tell others exactly who Jesus is? Now, there's something to notice also in this verse. It says, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. The whole city was stirred. And the Greek word that is used for that 
it, it has the root, same root as the word seismic, you know, like seismic earthquake shaking. The whole city was shaken, if you will, by Jesus' arrival. That same word is used later in Matthew's gospel when he tells us that at the moment that Jesus died on the cross, the earth the, the earth shook and the rocks split. In other words, on Palm Sunday, that city was stirred just as it would be physically shaken by an earthquake a few days later. Let me ask the question, how might our own community, how might our own nation, how might our own world be stirred by Jesus today? Well, perhaps, just perhaps, he wants to do that stirring through you and me, his people. Just perhaps he wants to use me as as we do what Jesus says. Perhaps he'll stir the community as we feel what Jesus feels for people who are distant from him. Perhaps he will stir our own community as we love people the way Jesus loves people. And usually that stirring occurs one person at a time. So whom do you know? who needs to be introduced to Jesus and his love. You see, there's someone out there that is waiting to see if there really is a God. And if there is a God, if he even cares about my life. There's somebody out there waiting to see if the people who fill the churches and sing his praises and claim to know him are really any different for it. And if it makes any difference in the way they live their lives. There are people out there waiting to see if those people will genuinely practice the love of God. Jesus enters the city for you and me, friends. Let's do what he says. Let's feel what he feels. And let's tell others who Jesus is that they too may welcome him into their heart. Amen. And may the peace of God which passes human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. Amen.